The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. I'm joined by Barbara Scully, writer and broadcaster, and Philip Ryan, political editor of The Independent, to look at the stories making the news this morning. And a particularly interesting one is what's emerging from Russia, because as I, I mentioned earlier on, Yevgeny Prigozhin, who is the head of Russia's Wagner uh, mercenary group, says that his fighters have crossed the border from Ukraine into Russia. They've entered the city of Rostov on Don and they maintain that they are continuing their march north to attempt to depose Vladimir Putin. And Vladimir Putin himself has described this as uh, an adventuristic criminal campaign and said that he is doing everything possible to repel this attack. Now, Philip Ryan, for a long time, we were told that the way that the war in Ukraine might end would be with Vladimir Putin's being deposed internally within Russia. Is that what we're watching? I don't know. It's fascinating to see it unfold as as it happens at the moment. And, and just before we came on air, uh, I was reading into it and, and even the British um, Ministry of Defence are, are suggesting that they are going to make their way to Russia, uh, to Moscow. And, and if that's the plan, um, look, it's going to be a big standoff. This Wagner group is set up by uh, the individual you said. I'm not going to try to say his name <laughs> for fear I get it right. <laughs> he comes over here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, and, and, and this is it, it's an interesting history behind him. It's about 50,000 members of it um, b- before this war. Uh, the vast majority of the Wagner group are made up of former prisoners um, from Moscow uh, or from Russian jails. And, and, and it is essentially a mercenary group that has been uh, operating for a number of years, been involved in um, moving into areas which were seen as Russian territories by Russia in Ukraine and, and has been uh, instrumental in the war itself, the, the current war. And this guy goes back even more fascinating about this guy. Uh, say his name again. Yevgeny Prigozhin. Very good. Um, goes back as far as he was once, uh, he served a bit of time in jail himself, then set up a few hot dog stands in St. Petersburg in Moscow and then went on to set up a, a catering company which won a contract to, to operate in the Kremlin and he was essentially Putin's chef at one stage. And then he has gone on to, to, to this uh, thing. So like there's a kind of a personal relationship between this uh, this individual uh, and Vladimir Putin. And it's not something, Barbara, to take lightly because Putin himself is describing it as a knife attack in the back of Russians. He's saying that it is treason. And when we talk about them being a mercenary group, this is not a small band armed with AK-47s. This is armoured personnel carriers. This is tanks. And this is heavily armed infantry. It all frightens the absolute living daylights out of me. I mean, you know, for the last year um, after the invasion of Ukraine, Again, I think, you know, I have no inside knowledge of any of this. I didn't know who the Wagner army were until last night when this news started to come out. And I thought, who who are these? Uh, who is this army? But you know the way when you're when you've grown up on James Bond and stuff like that, the thing was always the Americans will go in and get him out. Do you know mm. what I mean? Get rid of Putin. They'll, they'll have some way of doing it. Is this like who's funding this Wagner these are like army? Spectre. They're good. <laughs> exactly. And then you think, you know, is this going to make it a worse case scenario than, than what is there already? If they well, there do? is that element of cornered rat that if it is a real yeah. genuine threat to Vladimir Putin, he is he not known for his restraint no. when threatened. So it frightens mm. the living daylights out of me. Um, the other side of it is with all that's going on in during this war and the fog of war that has surrounded is what is the motivation behind the Wagner group doing this? And are they being pushed to do it yeah. by some other 
side. Well, again, what what um, Prigozhin, the head of the uh, mercenary group, is saying is that it is because the invasion of Ukraine, he's quoted, at least Sky News is reporting him as saying, that um, Russia's invasion into Ukraine was based entirely on a pack of lies that was fed to the Russian people and to the Russian military and that the current regime is evil and there needs to be a new president, which I think to quote that cliche, it's (laughs) them's fighting words. They're they're kind of NATO words too. Aren't they? Which well, would suggest where's his motivation coming from? Well, we'll keep an eye on that. We're going to be talking coming out of uh, 10 o'clock to um, a reporter at Politico who has been covering Russia and the Soviet Union, has the latest uh, on it, or rather has been covering it since it was the, the Soviet Union. So we'll bring you that following the 10 o'clock news. In the meantime, we will look at matters closer to home. And it's not often that you get absolute consensus among the newspapers as to what the only issue to cover is. And it is all RTE. Philip, to an extraordinary degree, pages upon pages upon pages dedicated to RTE's payment systems and Ryan Tuberty. And you're going to see many, many more pages and airtime given to this. There, it, it is one of those controversies that just ticks an awful lot of boxes for the media, for the public and just general fascination. You have one of the most famous people in this country, arguably the, one of the most famous stars of Ireland, um, caught up in a scandal, because it is a scandal, about his salary. And look, everybody knows that Ryan Tuberty was going to be paid well for his job. Everybody expects that. What the big, big problem is, especially for Orty and especially for Mr. Tuberty now that he's admitted that he 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 realised there was something wonky about the actual money that was going into his bank account and the figures that were being published and given to politicians as they're required to do by Orty and just published generally for the for public consumption, and and that's the nub of this is that people were not being upfront and honest about how much the country's biggest broadcaster was being paid. And given the previous payment that had been made to people in that role before, the nature of the payment itself probably isn't the core issue. The, whether it is 440,000 or 515,000, I mean, it is a huge difference in monies to most people who aren't paid those monies. Mm. But in terms of scandal, would anybody at the time have regarded it as as significant if his pay had been higher? Probably not. The fact that his pay was stated as lower and was found to be higher, that's mm. an entirely different matter. I think RTE and the stars themselves take into account that, look, there's always going to be some sort of noise around their pay because their pay is bigger than what... It's huge. Most, it's bigger than huge. what the Taoiseach earns by, by, by a, a good amount as well. So, like, look, they, they realise that. Uh, we can see even in our own paper today in the Irish Independent, we have all the quotes from Ryan Tuberty over the years talking about his pay and talking about uh, how much he earns. So, look, there's always going to be public fascination there with it. But it's this idea that they've done some kind of little secretive deal to make sure that he can keep his money uh, to a certain level and, and and while also seemingly giving the impression of taking pay cuts. Yeah, there's so many layers to this story. And again, I think that's one of the reasons why it'll keep running for quite some time yet. But you've just mentioned, Philip, the, the, the actual rates of pay that the top presenters in RT are on. And I, I hope that once the kind of fire out of this goes down a little bit, that that is something we look at. We are a small country. Anybody who works in the area of arts or performance or writing or who depends on an audience in order to make their money knows you don't make big books in Ireland because we don't have, we're only a country of whatever we are, five million people. 
to be paying Ryan Tuberty and Ray Darcy and the other top presenters in RT the kind of money that they are being paid, which substantially comes from the public purse, is not sustainable. And we have for too long, I think, been told, oh, we need to pay them this or they'll walk. I don't believe that. I also don't believe that they are some kind of unique, have some kind of very special, you know, Mm. diamond-like um, qualities that uh, mean that oh, they this can radio presenting these. lark is a very tricky job, Barbara. It's, it takes a particular you know kind what? of skill. Do you know what? It's, it is, anyway. but not that much. <laughs> now, obviously, there are there are a whole load of, of issues like that, like the, the general rates of pay, yeah. like the involvement of third parties in negotiating our contractor fees, all of those kind of things that will undoubtedly get ventilated as we go on through this. But let's look specifically at the thing that is making the news today, which is the level of knowledge and the decision making Mm. around this form of payment to uh, Ryan Tuberty. Because you mentioned the thing of that it was believed that he had had a reduction in fees across Mm. the period in question. And part of that belief is rooted in Dee Forbes, who uh, attended the Oireachtas Committee and was asked about that drop in pay. And here's what she told the Oireachtas Committee. We outlined in the 2019 strategy that we were seeking um, a reduction of 15% to that to that number, and that has that has been achieved for 2020, um, and we, and also for 2021. So you're saying it will be 2023 before we will be able to see those figures. 21 numbers, correct. <laughs> what I can confirm to you is that the 15% reduction um, applies to 20 and 21. So that 15% reduction that she's referring to, she's referring to it across the top 10 salaries for RTE presenters. In Ryan Tuberty's case, that was reported by RTE as a drop from 495,000 to 466,000. In actual fact, his earnings were not 466,000. They were 522,000. The next year, 515. The next year, 515. Oireachtas committees do not take well to getting information that turns out to be inaccurate, whether that was done willfully or not, Barbara. I assume there is going to be a huge desire to get D Forbes back in front of uh, either the media committee or the PAC and hold her to uh, um, up-to-date account in relation to these figures. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I know the other thing that I think rankles with people, with the ordinary public, you know, you're talking about the Oireachtas committees, but I think with the rest of us, the thing that rankles is that we were told she was on holidays on um, on Thursday, when in actual fact she'd been suspended since Wednesday. So there, there seems to be a doubling down on the kind of... Um, lack of information that is coming out of RTE around this. You know, there's this very painful process of very slow bits of information being added to the story, which is really, I think, getting up people's noses as well. Now, can I ask you about this? Because I'm slightly confused on this matter. Obviously, there are a whole load of reasons why in an investigation you might choose to suspend somebody. Many of them have no implications of culpability on that individual. It may just be good practice to say, look, let's all take a step back and we'll do the investigation. The thing that I don't understand is that uh, Shirley Rattelik was on uh, having a, a very civil discussion with David McCullough on yeah. the 6-1 News during which she was asked about levels of knowledge of this matter at senior level in RTE and here's what she said. But at the time these deals were done were people at board level aware of what was going on? No. No. Nobody at board level was aware of any of this. Now, the bit that I don't understand, and Philip, maybe maybe there's, there's uh, an, an easy explanation for this. She says that nobody at board level knew anything about this. 
Dee Forbes is a member of that board. So she has declared very clearly that Dee Forbes knew nothing about this. It seems very strange to, on the one hand, say this person knew nothing about it and the other to suspend them. I'm not, not sure if this goes down to the intricacies of um, the way Orti is just set up and the, the, the way it is, uh, its foundation. But there, there, there's two boards essentially as well. There's the executive board, which is uh, all the various internal people and the big wheels. Yeah, which is a weird term for management team. A management yeah. team, That's effectively essentially. What it is. And then there's obviously the, the, the board. board, which, of course, the DG sits on, um, as well as, as various other people from inside and outside the organisation. Now, you can see a lot of anger, even from the, the former uh, board chair, uh, Moya Doherty, saying that she knew absolutely nothing about this and the board haven't been briefed at all. And Moya Doherty's there a good few years, so you would have think if there was any sort of rumblings about this, it would have had to cross her table. Uh, well, hang on for a minute. Can I ask about that? Because that's one of the, one of the, the strange things about this story was the nature in which the statements came out, particularly yesterday, because effectively every 90 minutes or so, somebody mm-hmm. would issue a statement. It drew to a close yesterday evening with the Taoiseach putting out a statement. In short, the Pope, we couldn't have got any more statements. But one of those statements, sorry, the, the three statements that I think are of, of significance in this that need to be looked at. One is from the D- Director General, D. Forbes, who put out a statement. The other is from the current uh, chairman of whom we have heard of the current chairperson and one is from, uh, sorry, one is from Tuberty and then one is from the previous chairperson. Previous chairperson went to the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter being, did you know about Mm. this payment? She said, at no time during my tenure as chair of the RTE board did I or other members of the board have knowledge of any issue relating to certain payments and the profoundly serious lack of transparency involved. Straight answer, we know where she stands. Mm. D. Forbes made a statement, Ryan Tuberty made a statement. As I understand it, neither of those Ryan statements... Ryan Tuberty made two statements. Neither of them addressed that central question. Mm. Did you know? Why do you think that is? Well, Ryan Tuberty did in, in some regards. He admitted in his second statement, the first statement was like, oh my God, I don't know. I, this is... I, nothing to do with me. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with me. I can't <laughs> shed any light on this. And then the second statement, he quite clearly says, um, yeah, I did, I, I did notice that the figures that were being put out in the public did not match with what was sitting in my but, bank. But account. I would argue, and Barbara, maybe you tell me if I'm wrong, I don't think that's what's at the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is not an accounting discrepancy. No. The heart of the matter is no. not a difference between 5.15 and 4.40. The heart of the matter is who was aware that a third party was using, was being used to pay a certain aspect of a salary in a way that wouldn't be disclosed. That's a different question and I don't see that being addressed in any of these statements. No, 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 it hasn't been. And and, and it does go to the nub of the matter is uh, who who knew and who sanctioned it. And if Dee Forbes, if we are to believe Shuni Rahali when she said that the board knew nothing and if that means that Dee Forbes therefore knew nothing, she should have known. She is the director general, and whoever did well, let's this. well steady. Let, let's not let's not uh, jump to conclusions because we have no idea what way remuneration is structured within RT, and it may be the responsibility okay. of another individual. So let's not infer beyond the point at which we can do. But that thing of who knew—that's what I don't understand. Is and I also don't understand. This was revealed in March. Uh, yes, but also what, where where I was going with that point was that. Surely whoever was behind the negotiation of this and the decision to hide the money by channeling it in in this way to Ryan must, unless they're really daft, must have known that the fallout of this becoming public knowledge at some stage would have been huge. 
Um, and to me, that's very troubling that but, somebody uh, came up with this scheme. Well, steady again. Let, let's because this is one of the difficult things is because there is so little information currently around these specifics. It is difficult to tell what the motivation was for this. It may have been that it seemed like a simple methodology. Who knows? But what we now know is that strangely, RTE entered in, entered into a, a scheme of arrangement which was more expensive, Philip, because that's the odd thing in this. It actually cost them a significant amount of money. It cost them the equivalent of a starting nurse's salary just to use this methodology. Yeah, so this is the this is the barter account that, that we've heard about this entered into the public lexicon now this week, um, which essentially shows, and, and this is from the statement from RTE, that while they uh, were paying an additional, uh, was it 150000 to Mr. Tuberty through this account, the actual cost to themselves was north of uh, two two forty, was it? Yeah, two thirty something. Yeah, two thirty thousand, two hundred thirty thousand, and then, and that's from the simple fact of having to set up a different account, different reporting structures, different uh, uh, taxes and etc. That would have to be paid on that. So, look, it, it which is, is inexplicable because yeah. if it was, they were saying, look, we found a creative way to do the payment and it saved us some cash. So yeah. we did this. Well, mm, it may be ethically questionable, but we can see the yeah. motivation. But we found a way to do it and it cost us more money. Yeah. That's and it, very strange. Which just speaks to the fact and uh, the insinuation that's out there that the ultimate uh, aim of all this was that people wouldn't know about it. Now, we have, of course, done, as we did yesterday, as every show on News Talk did yesterday, we put in requests for RTE. Given that they are a journalistic entity, you would imagine that somebody might wish to discuss the... Mm-hmm. Obviously, 6-1 is the only place they go to ventilate their issues. And again, we put in a similar request today and, and I haven't got anywhere. However, Catherine Martin is meeting with the chairman person of the board today, her, she being the minister for uh, media to discuss it. The implications, Barbara, now, because the a lot of the coverage in the papers is saying things like RTE engulfed and questions about other payments that may have been made. Literally open questions. We don't now know. But the reputational damage to the organisation. Huge. It's absolutely huge. And I mean, RTE is the public service broadcaster in this country. It is vital that we have an independent and a, you know, a trustworthy organisation that is transparent in its in its dealings uh, that we can have a, a trust in and that that makes that that operates in that space. Um, and that trust has been hugely damaged. I also think that personally for Ryan Tuberty, who by all accounts seems like a very nice fella, I think that and must his, be going through hell. He must be going through hell. And I, I you know, I do have a level of sympathy for that um, because I think his own personal brand, which he has developed, especially through his tenure in The Late Late Show, where he talks a lot about kindness and looking after each other and minding each other. And he gave us quite a lot of nice sermons during (laughs) COVID. I think that brand has been hugely damaged as well. And I don't know where, how or where he can, you know, he goes next. As he he has made clear, he is is eager to get back on his own show. And and again, we heard yesterday from Adrian Lynch that it was an editorial decision that you couldn't put him in a position of reviewing his own story. I think at the same time, though, and this this was brought up yesterday at the, the RTE union meeting, as well is that the integrity of those who are who are working there yeah. the the staff and the, the day-to-day reporters producers i think has been very impressive over the last day or so yeah. because they did really grab the bull by the horns and they weren't afraid to to go ask on air questions. and ask tough questions yeah. and have and the guests on that would come I on agree. whoever would come on and that's one of the things that is is in a lot of the coverage is uh, and uh, that analysis of how aggrieved staff within the organisation are. Undoubtedly, tomorrow morning there will be more on this on on the record with uh, Gavin Riley because uh, obviously that meeting is going to happen today. In the meantime, Philip Ryan, political editor of The Independent, Barbara Scully, writer and broadcaster. Thank you both. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.